the, the overall power of TikTok, um, the power of the, that overall community commerce. And we're looking to further educate a lot of our advertisers about how to you know, be present on TikTok, building that organic presence. How do you amplify that with some of the advertising paid efforts? And how do you take advantage and leverage you know, some of these different uh, viral trends? Um, to really help um, uh, jumpstart your business or your specific campaign. Hey everyone, and welcome to For the Love of Product, brought to you by the Product-Led Alliance. I'll be your host, Tiama Hanson-Drury, Chief Product Officer at Mina Technologies and all-around passionate product aficionado. Each episode, we'll be looking at the head and the heart behind product-led growth, the passion and the practice of product. And we'll be picking the brains of seasoned CPOs and heads of products, as well as visionary founders and investors getting their inside stories. Enjoy. All right. Welcome to another episode of For the Love of Product. We are really excited today to have a great new profile joining us. And uh, that profile belongs to Gabe Nicolau. Um, Gabe is the Director of Product Strategy and Operations at TikTok Americas. Um, For those of you who don't know what TikTok is, which I'm guessing represents about 2% of our listeners, um, they are the leading short form video platform designed to inspire creativity and bring joy. Gabe in particular is responsible for commercialization and development of TikTok's innovative ad products to North American advertisers, both large and small. And prior to TikTok, Gabe was the go-to-market lead at Google, where he focused on core monetization, mobile tools and attribution for Google shopping ads. Gabe has worked with Fortune 500 retail companies as an advisor in their retail digital marketing strategy and is super passionate about supporting advertisers in optimizing their ad spend, improving ROI while driving increased sales. And in his spare time, which I don't know how much he actually has, he enjoys cooking and hanging with his family, playing board games and assembling Legos. Uh, Gabe, welcome to the pod. We're so happy to have you. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Where, Where are you zooming in from today, Gabe? Uh, I'm in New York. Yeah. So representing East Coast, where um, I actually just moved to the New York area um, last September. Um, originally um, had been living in Boston for close to 15 years. So this is a pretty big move for us. Nice. And yeah. have you been making lots of TikToks to bring your new life to life uh, for your father? <laughs> I'm not super great. I mean, TikToks, I've made a few with like my daughter that, you know, like uh, just to experiment and stuff. Um, yeah, it's it's been fun, but um, don't, I, I'm, I'm unable to get like super viral views. I'm not getting like a million plus <laughs> views, unfortunately. <laughs> so I think I got to work on that a little bit more. Hey, a tip. Uh, one of our recent um, interview subjects on the pod was telling us how she let her nine-year-old take over their TikTok channel for the business. She was a founder and how it automatically scaled to like thousands of views immediately. So maybe bring your daughter into the creation uh, game there. Yeah, I totally believe it. That happens a lot with um, other folks I, I talk to other clients where they say like, yeah, you know, like my teenager, you know, like they do this all day long. And uh, once they take over, like he's suddenly getting like crazy views, like that's how it works. They understand <laughs> the culture. They understand what ticks and, uh, and yeah. And what talks. Exactly. And what talks. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. All right. So Gabe, um, I know one of the topics I was super excited to dive into today is actually your title, right? Um, so we often have different heads of product, VPs of product. You are, you know, the head of digital, excuse me, of product strategy and operations. And I wanted to know, you know, a little bit more about what that means at TikTok. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, so the product strategy and operations, um, this is actually relatively new um, for TikTok. Um, I think in a lot of other organizations, um, yeah, in a lot of big uh, ad tech platforms, you know, this this tends to be like a uh, product marketing type function. Um, at TikTok, it's a it's a combination of of things. So it's it's both like pr it's product marketing. It's you know like helping to define a lot of the product strategy and working very closely with you know our um, engineering team and ensuring that we represent not just the voice of the market, uh, but also helping to shape what that innovation is going to look like um, for you know um, solving a particular client need, right, um, and the and the overall market need. And at the same time, from an operations standpoint, it's about. Um, ensuring that we have good technical operations in place to help with dealing with, you know, the various different bugs and troubleshooting that come our way. And how do we um, ensure that we put all of that together in a way that um, makes sense for our engineering team so that they understand what the issues are and how we can further innovate on the product. So, so yeah, so it's a, it's, it's a pretty, big scope overall um, in terms of our overall organization. Yeah. And it sounds like it would be pretty diverse and rewarding. I would imagine to work on all those different aspects. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, it's, it's a uh, highly, you know, um, cross-functional role. Um, you know, you got to ensure that you're reaching out and working with um, people throughout the various different organizations as you bring a particular product to market um, and preparing it for the masses. So, so yeah, so it's great. It's been re very rewarding. So when TikTok reached out um, and brought you on and brought you over from Google, what was the main problem that they were trying to solve with uh, with you and your role? Yeah, um, so it's funny how how that was that worked out. Um, so originally, a buddy of mine from Google had gone over first. Um, so you know, he, um, he said goodbye and uh, he basically said, like, "I'm going to go scope things out, and see how it goes, and I'll let you know." <laughs> And then I receive a phone call, um, you know, what, one evening and he's like, you got to really give this a consideration. It's like, it's pretty cool here. Like they, they're building a ton of different, really cool things um, and could benefit a lot in terms of um, the direction and like, how do we, how do we properly bring some of these products to market? Um, and so, you know, I did my due diligence, um, talked to various different um, execs internally um, and, you know, decided to just like go for the interview and see how, what happens. Um, uh, and, uh, I, I actually got the role. So it was, it was very interesting. Um, so yeah, so, um, with that, um, I had to really make a decision like, okay, this seems like a pretty cool opportunity. Uh, whereas before at Google, I was focused, um, very much on just like one specific vertical, which is basically um, shopping ads and, you know, focus on basically e-commerce and, and, and the retail vertical. Um, yeah, there's an opportunity to kind of like further expand that um, across various different pillars of products um, from branding related products to performance related products that, you know, spans beyond just retail um, as well as measurement related products and cre creatives. So, um, so yeah, so it spanned a gamut. And um, so decided to take on the role. It was an opportunity to build a brand new team um, so that we could help support this entire function. 
fantastic. And I've, you know, I jokingly said in the beginning, you know, 2% of our listeners won't know what TikTok, you know, is, but let's talk a little bit. Let's quantify. I mean, just when I was checking the most recent re- uh, results, like I was seeing 800 monthly, ma- uh, monthly active users, roughly, and 315 million app downloads, not to put you on the spot, but that's a huge community, right? And with the ads, you know, solutions that you work on tapping into that global audience is, is really in demand. Um, if I'm not wrong, you guys have had some of your best quarters uh, ever recently. Um, is that right? Yeah, well, yeah, we can't really comment <laughs> on uh, a lot of the numbers since we're not quite public yet. Right. Uh, but I will say that, you know, we, we've um, definitely had a lot of momentum. Um, you know, we continue, um, we continue to um, really draw in um, a pretty large audience. Um, I'd say that even especially last year throughout COVID, um, uh, we, we definitely benefited from um, an acceleration in um, downloads as well as in our monthly active users. Um, and it was exciting to see just how engaged everyone was uh, within the platform um, that even, you know, um, as we continue to grow and, you know, diversify our content and then, and, and our um, users um, uh, started to also uh, diversify uh, in terms of, you know, the, the various different age groups. This is exciting to see all the various different types of content um, that you wouldn't expect. Um, I personally get a ton of um, cooking related videos and like recipes um, and then more recently, I started getting um, v- random um, uh, videos uh, related to uh, financial advice, <laughs> it's like stock trades and like um, how to invest. So it's like, oh, okay, that's interesting. Um, so yeah, so I think the, it's also the uniqueness of like the overall TikTok algorithm. Um, it, it's, uh, and because it's, you know, short form video, like, um, you know, it's, it's, it's just able to quickly, you know, try different things and recommend different things to you and then um, help to learn, you know, what your preferences are. So all of that has helped to really, um, you know, feel our overall growth um, and uh, continue that overall exciting engagement within the platform. Yeah, absolutely. So the the area that, you know, we were talking about, right, TikTok ad manager, um, which is under your purview, you know, where was that at when you you joined TikTok? Um, and what's what's happened since joining, right? Give us a little bit of the story. Yeah, definitely. So when I first joined, our ads manager was very much in beta and for kind of internal only. It's, you know, kind of like a, almost like a managed service that we're doing with um, large advertisers. Um, and we were in no way ready for turning it into a self-serve product. Um, but then, you know, I got in, um, to my role and then a second month in, they were saying like, we, we want to basically prepare and get this, um, self-service launched, uh, within the next six months. So it's like, Whoa, okay. Like that's pretty huge. Like, um, so we ended up having to, uh, basically start figuring out, you know, like what are all the different pieces that come into play? Um, and then. Also, what happened was like, um, so that was my second month in February. And then by March, you know, like um, COVID became huge. And then we started to run into lockdown. And we came to a realization that, oh, my goodness, you know, like a lot of businesses are going to suffer. Um, You know, so many mom and pop shops um, are going to have to close down. um, And it's going to be really tough for many of these businesses 
um, like how, what is it, what are different ways that we can um, contribute towards the cause and really be able to help here um, with us being like a new platform. Um, and, you know, we have the opportunity to make an impact and make a difference. So we really had to like go back and see like, okay, um, what can we do to accelerate our launch timelines um, and start figuring out the different things that we do need to prioritize um, as, you know, um, the most important features and what can actually wait. Um, so, yeah, so, you know, we're, we're trying to, um, we basically had to talk a lot within our cross-functional meetings um, and figure out, you know, um, you know, what, what is the most important aspects and issues that uh, we need to nail down. And so um, uh, I went in and basically have interviewed and, and kind of talked to our various different cross-functional teams. Like, cause at the time I didn't really have a team. So like I had to do a lot of these things myself, um, you know, and, and talking with um, our account managers, for example, who have been in the, in the product um, our ads manager the most, um, we identified like that there's just a lot in terms of platform stability that we need to handle and, and make sure we, we solve for first, right? Because um, we, we absolutely, if we're going to make this available as self-serve, like we can't have a poor user experience. Um, and then in talking with them also, it's um, come to realization that like, okay, we need to make sure that um, there's also... Uh, and working with our engineers that there's auction stability, right? Um, if this is a platform that's supposed to help you with overall um, advertising that they, they wanna make sure they understand that, okay, if I put in a budget that I'm able to actually spend it. Um, and, then, uh, and then from there, that's like that kind of the core area that like we really need to resolve. Um, and then from there, like start thinking about the um the overall onboarding process and like what do we need to build there um because we're not going to have like account managers set up for every single self-serve client that that signs up with us right like what what does that onboarding flow look like um how do we make sure that they don't drop off during the setup process how do we make sure they're able to you know uh handle some of those technical pieces like installing the pixel on their own um, and then last but not least, like in, in, um, in the cross-functional uh, conversations, it's like, how do we make sure we have like a full support team um, and have that go-to-market readiness such that um, when there are problems and issues that come about from these SMBs, like, you know, there's a hotline that they can reach out to, you know, like what's our customer service infrastructure that we're putting together? What are all the various different training materials? So this is like a lot that we needed to do and put together uh, within a very short period of time. Um, but it was, yeah, it was kind of crazy, but at the same time, um, it was, it was a lot of fun. Um, yeah. And it, it led to us eventually being able to launch in a, in a timely manner at a time that we thought um, was high impact. I can only imagine, I mean, you're saying you're two months in when you get told like, okay, you're going to launch this in six months, which just that in itself, I think would probably be a fairly um, ambitious target. And then to have this global pandemic hit, like we're, what was going through your mind at these points? <laughs> you know, did you doubt your abilities? Did you doubt your, you know, you know, whether this was even feasible to do, or did you have confidence the whole time? Yeah. You know, like, um, I, I, I definitely say that as like 
wow, like these are very aggressive targets. Um, but um, I did have the overall confidence knowing that like if we put together a very well-structured plan and have alignment across uh, with all of our stakeholders um, that we can work towards um, execution of that plan. Um, and then luckily, like um, at that time, I uh, one of the people that we had extended an offer to had just joined. Um, and so, um, uh, Ashley on my team was like really helpful in um, helping with making sure we're like very detailed oriented on um, working out through all of the different phases of our launch, right? So like, you know, when we go into, uh, okay, we, we work our way backwards, right? Okay, if we wanted to have like a um, end of June type launch, like, okay, um, what needs to happen for our beta the month before? What needs to happen in alpha the month before? Um, and just going through all of the details of, okay, what do we need to do for test and learn with like a small group of advertisers and ensuring we have the right product market fit, right? Um, what are the different KPIs we need to consider um, during that particular phase so that we are testing enough and um, fixing and squashing enough bugs that we're ready to scale for that next phase. So all of these different pieces were really important to coordinate on like the product side um, so that we, we feel ready as a product that, you know, the overall product readiness is uh, ready to go um, going into our general availability timeline. Um, and then of course, um, all the other pieces that go into place, so it's like, it's not just about the product and getting that ready. It's also about uh, all those other things to talk about, you know, so like, you know, customer support, like, what does that look like? Um, you know, who's going to, um, do, do we do that internally? Like, do we kind of like outsource it? Um, all of the different help center articles. Um, you know, I, I did another assessment on that and realized that, so many things on our help center were incorrect. So it's like, okay, we need to start ramping up and fixing that. Um, you know, can we get our uh, some help from like our account managers um, to to pretty that up a bit? Um, and and then also working with um, PR and like our marketing team. Like, okay, well, once we make this announcement, you know, what's our overall growth acquisition strategy? Um, you know, we got to figure out. Uh, amongst SMBs, like who would benefit from this um, service the most, um, given the pandemic and you know, given the the you know local restrictions and 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 stuff. Um, yeah, and then um, and then also following that big splash, how do we make sure we have trainings and webinars in place so that um, SMBs feel supported and like they feel that they they're learning a lot on how to get started on our platform. So all these things have been fun to try to like, you know, get everything together. Um, but overall, you know, there it's, it was important for all of us to get in. And I remember, I still recall those weekly meetings. Um, uh, they, they, I, I don't know why they were put in as like 30 minutes because it definitely, they always go over 30 minutes. It's supposed to be like a, a status check on everything from all the different work streams. And it ultimately always ends up being like an hour. Um, but it, those were really good in a sense that, you know, we got, we were able to call out all the major challenges and issues that we were having um, and then uh, be able to make quick decisions on whether we want to continue to move forward 
Um, or do we need to take a quick step back and uh, rethink what our strategy is? So you mentioned working with a small kind of active group of SMBs to, to pilot the solution, right? Um, yeah. How much did their involvement change your guys's uh, understanding of how to solve the problem, how to build the best solution? Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, you know, like it, we, we were able to, you know, test a few key functionalities and also like um, issue out some surveys um, to have an understanding of, uh, you know, like how easy was it for you to get set up? Um, and, you know, if you were running into problems and issues, like what were those issues? Um, so we were able to get, you know, like um, from that core group um, during those like kind of alpha and beta phases, um, understand what were their main key pain points um, and were able to actively work that into the overall product development um, as well as um, ensuring that we're addressing this with the training materials because there might be some certain things that um, just may not be as intuitive um, for the individual and just requires a little bit more on the training side um, you know and we, we definitely could have like um, revamp certain features and uh, make it even easier for, you know, that discovery. But then we were also working towards, you know, that tight timeline. So again, like making those trade-offs of like, um, is it enough to get by? Like, is this affecting everyone to the point that we need to think about a new feature in place to solve this? Or um, is only affecting like a smaller portion and that we can address this through trainings, um, through having a section in our help center, um, how do we, you know, properly make those trade-offs um, and, you know, post full launch, then we can maybe come back and address those other issues and just making sure that we, you know, we don't forget about that. Um, so, yeah, so it's it immensely helpful to have that kind of that user acceptance testing um, and ensure that we don't miss anything there. Absolutely. So in the end, did you hit your six month mark? We did. Um, so that's the other part that was very exciting. It was, uh, it was definitely very stressful um, going into it. And um, yeah, we ended up um, basically launching in late June. Um, we were able to do two things. Uh, number one was um, we rebranded our, you know, our, our entire platform to TikTok for business. Uh, and that was announced at um, last year's 2020 IAB New Fronts. So we were really um, excited and really proud of them. That's, you know, the, the name that we have like globally. Um, uh, so it was under one brand. And then secondly, um, you know, following that, the, the week after, so like around early July, we made that formal announcement of our self-serve platform that is available um, that, you know, we're, we're opening it up more broadly now for SMBs. Uh, and then we also announced our uh, TikTok um, back to business program um, that where, you know, we, we basically committed a um, hundred million dollars in ad credits to really help SMBs um, to, you know, um, whether the crisis with COVID um, and basically help them to get back on their feet and to rebuild. So that was something that, you know, again, you know, from a, as a cross-functional team and, you know, working with, um, with leadership, like ensuring that we um, ha had something that was um, going to be really impactful um, and that, you know, really helps uh, with the, not just, um, the individual SMBs, but just like helping to feel the economy because everyone was, was really hurting um, at that time with the lockdowns. 
Yeah, I'm just thinking, I mean, it's an incredible offer that you guys made to, to the SMBs of the world. And we're now about a year out, right, from that launch. Um, what's, what's happened since then? You know, what's changed? What's remained the same? What are, what's the next horizon for TikTok for business? Yeah, um, great question. So yeah, so we we're continuing to really build upon our um, original capabilities. So, you know, since then, um, you know, we've, we've been working with additional partners, um, you know, Shopify being one major one, and we had an, another announcement um, le- late last year about it, and we continue to really work on that um, partnership with them to bring on more SMBs um, and also helping to kind of feel the overall e-commerce growth. Um, so yeah, so that's been a really big, strong partnership there. Um, and uh, we've we've had a number of like webinars, like uh, where we um, basically co-facilitated with with Shopify to help them see you know the potential of um how tiktok can really help their business um, and then we continue to also work closely with the shopify team um to um bring forth some of the new innovations that we have coming for commerce um just given especially um one how important commerce is for a lot of smbs um and you know especially during COVID, like, you know, you, you, you break down a lot of those borders and you're able to kind of sell, um, across, you know, uh, for different States and sell nationally and even sometimes internationally. So, you know, it was, it's a big opportunity there. Um, and, and also bringing forth, um, more new innovations, um, uh, within commerce that will hopefully help, um, propel and, and accelerate their growth. So I'm thinking that a lot of the listeners that we have right on, um, on our pod, there's a lot of people who are listening who are both, of course, you know, product leaders, but then we also have people in the, you know, VC, specifically VC and also founders. Um, so there's a bunch of people listening who might be interested about how does TikTok work for them, right? Um, you know, in particular at the small, the small uh, medium business. You know, give someone an idea of like what the experience would be today if they wanted to and why they would want to go in and kind of use this. I think it helps bring the product to life. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, we, we, with regards to, you know, getting started on TikTok, um, I think a lot of folks come to think that like, oh, like it might be a bit scary um, and difficult uh, because we are video first when it comes to everything, right? Our, our overall ad formats, um, you know, we're sound on. Um, and it seems like it might be a big lift um, to create and generate a video. Uh, but the reality is it's actually pretty easy to kind of get started and, and set up a campaign, right? Um, and we have like a lot of various different tools available for uh, different types of advertisers, you know, big and small to help them be successful. Um, you know, the interface is pretty easy when you log in, um, you know, you, you select what objective you want to do. Um, you know, is this a, uh, brand awareness type campaign? Is it like, are you looking to just generate a lot of traffic or do you want to, uh, do like an app install, um, or conversion? Um, and then once you do, um, and as you go through the campaign setup, um, we also have a bunch of different tools for creatives that help you to utilize kind of existing assets that you might have 
uh, to generate a, a video. And then the more interesting and, and, and cool part as well is we have our own TikTok creator marketplace. And um, that allows you to also tap into this breadth of awesome and amazing creators um, who are really experienced in building for TikTok. And that um, these individuals are able to basically help you to craft your overall brand message in a way that really speaks to the culture and speaks to the various different audiences within TikTok. Um, and that, you know, that, that essentially helps to really democratize a lot of that creativity uh, and doesn't put the onus on um, the advertisers themselves, right? Um, and so, yeah, so again, you know, I think overall the message is that getting started on TikTok um, can be pretty easy. Um, it's just a matter of trying it out um, and then also experimenting um, and, and yeah, and, you know, putting together your own little business account um, within TikTok and experimenting with your own videos, as we talked about before, you know, like uh, get, a, get your, your teenager to like start creating something. Um, you never know, like they might, they probably are on with a lot of the different trends um, and, and uh, embedded in a lot of the different subcultures. So um, they might be uh, really good in uh, helping to test the ground in, in some of those organic videos and helping to build your organic presence. Absolutely. I think uh, it's, it's something if you're not thinking about how to bring in, you know, the most, the youngest generation, generation alpha, uh, and definitely generation Z, right? Yeah. Into, um, you're thinking you're missing and you're missing a trick, as they say here in, uh, in the UK. So absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, you know, as this has been a year out, any great success stories that you want to you wanna share from TikTok for Biz and how it's impacted your customers? Uh, anything out in the wild that, you know, we might have seen or might have experienced? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I'd say that um, one of the things that we're seeing, um, you know, within TikTok trends themselves is, uh, is what, what we actually call this concept of um, community commerce. So it's really that intersection of shopping and entertainment um, as well as community. Um, and so the, the interesting thing is like even organically, we're seeing um, these trends where um, users and, and creators are highlighting and talking about you know, certain products. Um, and you know, the, there's this viral hashtag that's happening called um, hashtag TikTok made me buy it. Um, and it's very much true, right? And we, we, we see these instances of where, you know, um, someone made a video, you know, featuring their, um, their leggings and they happen to be, you know, like a airy leggings and everyone was just like, where are those leggings from? Um, like, you know, how, how is this, uh, how do I get this? Right. And then before you know it, you know, um, this product just flew off the shelves, um, offline, uh, and then also, uh, Ari put together like a, a big, you know, campaign overall, like, um, uh, across, uh, very, various different channels, including TikTok and we're able to, uh, dr basically drive more sales of it. And now they're, they basically, um, have had to, you know, uh, restock and, uh, create more of, um, these leggings to be available for our customers. And we just like started to see a lot of, of this, um, you know, Hidden Valley Ranch was another one where they made, you know, these custom um, uh, bottles. And then when they, um, when they 
advertise it on TikTok. Um, you know, it, it again like kind of went viral, and um, they were able to sell out very quickly. Um, Gap also um, had something similar recently, uh, which was interesting. You know, the the old school Gap sweaters from like the '90s. Uh, I think a lot of people had that. You know, like the big uh, yep. title is just says, yep. uh, yeah, the brown Gap sweater, it. right? You had it, yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, like these were going crazy. Um, you know, as people talked about them within TikTok, um, and it's just an opportunity to um, for Gap to you know create a campaign around it. Um, and, uh, and now, you know, they're bringing it back, uh, with, you know, new colors and, you know, uh, new styles and, uh, yeah. So what was old is new again. Um, so yeah, so it just goes to tell again, you know, the, the overall power of TikTok, um, the power of the, that overall community commerce, and we're looking to, uh, further educate a lot of our, um, advertisers, um, about how to, you know, be present on TikTok, building that organic presence, how do you amplify that with some of the advertising paid efforts? Um, and how do you take advantage and leverage, you know, some of these different uh, viral trends um, mm-hmm. to really help um, uh, jumpstart your business or your specific campaign? Taylor Swift said on one of her uh, COVID albums or lockdown albums, uh, she comes back stronger than a 90s trend. So she saw <laughs> yeah. it coming. You guys just need <gasps> tapping Taylor's brain, I think. That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so, love okay. Um, we're coming up uh, on a place where I'd love to ask you a question that helps paint a picture about what product a TikTok is like for anyone who's listening, right? We might have people out there who could be your next uh, Ashley, right? You mentioned a mm-hmm. woman on your team who could be super beneficial. What's it like, um, you know, product at TikTok? Is it is it pretty similar to the process that you've explained to us thus far? Is there, you know, if you had to give an elevator pitch for what the culture is like, you know, what would it be? Yeah, definitely. Um, I'd say that, you know, um, overall, um, we are quick and fast at innovation. Um, you know, we, we set very, um, aggressive targets, uh, we, we have OKR setting, um, uh, on a bi-monthly basis. So, you know, we, we really hone in on like, Hey, what's, what matters most was it that we want to launch, um, and then, uh, work towards getting those products launched in a, a timely manner and getting adoption within the market. Um, so yeah, so, you know, we were very um, ambitious and uh, open to a lot of new ideas. Um, and so as we get, um, bring on new people and, um, and people have, you know, uh, ideas and like, and, and, and thoughts um, based on their overall market knowledge and like where the industry is headed, like we take a lot of that feedback really to um, try to shape up what that next generation product innovation is going to be. Um, and so, you know, we, we welcome, um, people with that type of experience, um, that type of thought leadership, um, and even, uh, you know, again, um, we're also very operationally driven. And so people with strong operations experience as well, how can we, um, further improve the overall operations within our, our company, uh, where I, I want to say that, you know, we're like a really big startup, <laughs> we keep growing and then like a lot of operational processes that were relevant, you know, maybe three months ago um, uh, may not be relevant anymore. So like we're constantly iterating. Um, so having people with that type of mindset um, is also important so that we can really scale a lot of our products effectively and efficiently. 
Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, when we speak to, you know, you and your persona versus the founder persona, we often have kind of these assumptions that we like to test, which is that the, the, the product leader is much more likely to identify with, you know, the head versus the heart, because the founder Mm. is someone who is putting their whole, you know, life into building a business around solving a problem. But I'm interested how you feel about that working at a company that joy and creativity is at the very heart of everything you do. Is it, you know, do you identify more with the head or the heart or, or is it a mix of both? Uh, Yeah, that's that's a really great question. And I'd say um, it's kind of a, it's kind of a mix. Um, And here's, here's how it kind of breaks down. Um, I'd say that from a day-to-day standpoint, and like as I think through helping the team with figuring out, you know, the overall product strategy is very much ahead, right? Because we, we got to be strategic. We got to figure out what are the different problems that we're solving for um, and how are we going to help with hitting our various different targets, um, especially revenue targets, um, and really understanding like what the true prioritization should be to help us to achieve our OKRs. Um, so that's very much, I'd say, like head-driven very strategic, um, you know, very, um, say scientific, um, if you will, to the best of our abilities with like the assumptions that we make. Uh, but then at the, at the heart of it though, um, no pun intended, um, it, it's, it is very much, um, the, some of the execution, um, for our advertisers, especially, and how it ties back to our ad solutions is very much at the heart, right? Um, because of the fact that we are video first. Um, and so with video compared to like a static imagery, there's just so much room for creativity and that joy that you just talked about. Um, and so it's the traditional methods and thoughts of like, um, how people, um, evaluate success of creatives, right? On at Google, for example, it's like, it's very easy to kind of like this, do this kind of like AB testing on like search ads. And the same thing with like Facebook on like display ads and such, but it's like a totally different ball game when you're talking about uh, videos and you're leveraging creators. Um, So, you know, the, that overall, um, that overall uh, getting the, um, last mile of how to make that ad work very well is very much focused on the creativity. It's very much focused on, um, that overall heart. So, so yeah, so it's a blend of both. Um, and that's what makes this very interesting. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like a really fun place to work. So, uh, you know, those of you listening, don't hesitate to hit up Gabe, um, Gabe, hopefully we don't flood your LinkedIn. So Gabe, I mean, when businesses are thinking about this, like, you know, does, uh, does my poke bowl shop downstairs have to do like, you know, dance videos on TikTok to use it or what should they be thinking about? How do they use TikTok for their business? Yeah, that's a really good question. I think that's uh, it's, it's kind of a misconception now about um, that TikTok is only teenagers and dancing videos. Like certainly, you know, like the, Gen Z has like figured it out, right? Um, and understands, you know, uh, what is highly engaging. Uh, but at the same time, like the content on TikTok has diversified so significantly um, that you see various different areas of interest um, and cultures up and a lot of subcultures that have been forming 
um, that um, you'll be surprised by what you actually find within the platform, right? Um, uh, you know, there is uh, a number of various different types of uh, content that would fit your various different needs and, and your interests. Um, uh, I, in, in just looking at my own um, timeline of videos and how much that has evolved, um, it um, originally did start with just dancing videos and then quickly evolved to a lot of travel videos, uh, different cool places to check out in like Switzerland and like, you know, upstate New York um, to um, uh, evolving into um, different restaurant reviews and different places to, to visit um, in cities um, to actual cooking and recipe videos, <clears throat> um, all the way to, you know, finance and like, uh, book reviews, um, and, uh, and even like health and, and wellness and like exercise. So it, there's just so many different, um, new verticals and sub verticals that have popped up. Um, and a lot of people creating, um, their own, you know, viral videos for those particular topics, um, that are highly engaging and um, get a lot of people to participate because, um, you know, sometimes people put out a challenge and, you know, they'll say something, you know, like, tell me something that's like uh, super cool, super interesting, you know, about your line of work. And then like people would stitch that together and then like it, and it starts creating these, like these new groups. Right. Um, so, yeah. So um, yeah, for those, all those out there, um, you know, looking to, uh, get started on TikTok. Like there's just such a diverse um, array of content. Um, you know, definitely invite you to be part of that. Um, and that, you know, it also brings forth a lot of new uh, advertising opportunities as well. And don't be scared that you have to dance in order to use the platform because that's really <laughs> an outdated <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. Great. We're at the time of the show. That's my favorite time. I want to ask you my favorite question. So say there was a museum dedicated to the most important products in the world. They don't have to be the best. They don't have to be the most performing, but they contributed to the discipline um, in an important way. What do you think should be in there? And it can't be TikTok, okay? <laughs> <laughs> um, that's a good question. Hmm. I would say, especially in light of um, this past year, especially, um, I would say it would have to be e-commerce. Um, you know, like there, this one's interesting because it's like maybe it isn't like a one specific creator of like e-commerce, but like I guess like e-commerce is an overall industry. Um, I'd say is is um, been very important for our overall economy and, and the overall growth um, of SMB, uh, SMBs and uh, the contribution to overall GDP. Um, you know, with e-commerce, uh, we find that all stores, physical retail, they're no longer bound by their physical boundaries, right? Um, it becomes like another channel for them. Um, and it allows them to really um, spread their message, their brand message, and, uh, and um, really share the news of like their unique product um, all over the web, right? Um, and, that's, and, and, the, and that's some of the things that, you know, is very 
encouraging to see that I constantly discover and find new products that um, I otherwise would not have experienced. Um, if, you know, I had to go drive all the way to Illinois or something or like, or to Georgia, just to be able to find that particular yeah. product, I can well, have that in my hands and, you know, in, in a few days. Um, absolutely. So, yeah, so I'd say e-commerce is, is big. Yeah. Strong, strong answer. Yeah. I can't, I mean, I can't, build on that enough like the ability to support these businesses around the world that i could not have done before has been great and that shopify valuation has also helped my personal wealth so <laughs> that's <laughs> great that's great to hear yeah let's go yeah. with that all right well um gabe it's been such a pleasure to have you today uh congrats on being a year out and um from all, all the things that you've said, it sounds like it's been a really successful uh, launch of TikTok for Business. And for those of you listening, check it out. Um, it doesn't mean that it's just about dancing videos. You can use it for your business to connect with your target audience as well. So thanks for joining us today, Gabe. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks for listening to the podcast, guys. Be sure to share the word of product-led growth far and wide and let your colleagues, friends, family, neighbors, and anyone you think who would like to know that there's a kick-ass product podcast on offer from the Product-Led Alliance. If you haven't already, don't forget to sign up to the Slack community and check out all our other great content, upcoming events, and other ways to get involved at productledalliance.com. And let's come back again next time to talk more about the head, the heart of product.